welcome to POMCAST. Uh, this is Sophie Scott, and this is a monthly podcast by Pom Pom Quarterly. It's the POMCAST. Joined with me is Lydia Gluck. Hello! And what a treat. We've got a guest host with us this episode. It is Emily Foden of Violians. Hello! <laughs> you get your presenter voice in there. <laughs> so we have to, uh, first of all, say a huge thank you to The Perfect Blend, who are hosting us in the back room of their lovely yarn shop. They are indeed. And they have lovely tea here as well. They have yarn and tea. And we tried a little bit of their elixir, which is like a kind of very punchy ginger, mm-hmm. uh, what would you call it, cordial? Yes, I feel warmed mm-hmm. up for the podcast. Um, and the perfect blend is in Sogatis, mm-hmm. which is not too far from Rhinebeck. Oh yeah, because small context, we're in the States right yeah. now. Oh yeah, first of all, we're in a whole different country. <laughs> yeah, have we ever recorded in a different place, like a full podcast? This is quite nice. All right, wow. so context within context, guys. This is the Rhinebeck episode. Like you'd have your Rhinebeck sweater. This is the Rhinebeck episode. And like we said, we're joined with Emily because, oh, you've just gone and wrote a whole book, haven't you? I guess I have. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I do, yeah. The blurry memories of last winter. So, blocked it out. <laughs> just like the jumper. Hey! hey. Oh. Um, so, yeah, we've been here as Pom Pom, as Pom Pom Press. At Rhinebeck, uh, sheep and wool, if people don't know, paint the picture of sheep and wool. Well, it's in a county fairground, mm-hmm. which, when you're from the UK, is a, I think you can't really understand how big it is. It's like a big special field for events. Mm, what else? I think you described it really well. That's like where it is. Yeah. It's also, I mean, you know, it's been going a long time, the, the Sheep and Wool Festival. It's quite uh, agricultural. There are livestock. Yeah. Um, which we saw. We saw some fantastic angora bunnies and also beautiful sheep and goats and llamas and alpacas. A kangaroo. A kangaroo. Yeah, I saw a baby joey. I got to stroke what? one. Yeah. Where was that? <laughs> it was like at the petting zoo. Oh my God, that's so great. <laughs> um, so obviously we were working very hard as well, we have to point out. But yeah. there was uh, lots of Rhinebeck fun, which we'll talk about in a moment. But the main reason there's Pom Pom is uh, our new release of issue 27, which is our winter issue with Nora Gorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned on the podcast because we'll have an episode with Nora Gorn. Lovely chat with her. Um, but also releasing uh, Knits About Winter, which, as we said, by Emily. Hooray! Hooray! So how was uh, Rhinebeck for you with this uh, this title that you've been releasing? <laughs> um, well, overwhelming comes to mind, but only in a very positive way. I think uh, I've been to Rhinebeck before, so I did know the scale of the event and in that respect what I was in store for. However, I don't think I was prepared for all of the like love and attention that came my way. Mm-hmm. And especially coming from a tiny little remote place where I might see like a horse and buggy go past. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't talk to that many Horses. knit people. <laughs> yeah, I do talk to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was great. It was, um, so exciting. My face probably still hurts from smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of face, uh, we had to do some face exercises yeah. afterwards. I think yeah. because of the, the pure joy that there was, everyone I spoke to, I didn't think I heard a grumpy word all weekend. Just everyone's there to like bask in the glory of wool and sheep and fibres and just uh, all the Rhinebeck sweaters. Of course, everyone like knits Ooh. their special 
jumpers. Any highlights for any of you guys? Oh, I saw, I don't remember the name, but the beautiful Kate Davies, Fair Isle, Tunic, mm-hmm. the huge one. Okay. In one of the newest books. Ooh. I wish I could remember the names. We'll find out. I was going to say, we have a blog post. We can find all the fun things that we talk about here. Uh, so we'll research that. Okay. Someone's probably there just like shouting it out right now. Yeah, exactly. Thing. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, oh, I'm going to forget it. Um, it was a woman wearing this amazing mohair jumper, but like mohair color work. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And yarn that she had dyed. We're going to have to put this on the blog post because I just cannot remember. I saw a cave facet in the wild, mm-hmm. which I think is always a treat. It was sort of quite kind of like aztec kind of style. Mm. Was it on the man? Yeah. It and it had a shawl collar? Yeah. He looked fantastic. He did. Yeah. yeah. A lot of men at Rhinebeck. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty... Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, one of my highlights was the guy playing the mandolin in the corner by one of the stands. As I walked into the barn, I was like, oh, they've started piping music in here. Yeah. They haven't. They just had some live music. Yeah. And, like, just for the record, he wasn't, like, part of the stand. He was just chilling, playing music by the stand. (laughs) Ryan Beck, I think the best way I want to describe it, it's kind of crunchy. Like, not just the leaves. (laughs) There's, like, a wholesomeness to it, which isn't, uh, like, forced in any way. I guess the kind of fair aspect of it, like, as in it's, like, you can buy, like, cotton candy or candy floss yeah. uh, and various other sort of foodstuffs that you might associate with. Fried dough. Yeah. <laughs> we have some pumpkin pie as well. Yeah, this is a whole other episode of the foodstuffs. Yeah. <laughs> so, knits about winter. If you got, We've talked about it on the podcast already. We have. Let's give it to the lady herself. Knits about winter. What's the sort of the elevator pitch for this new book? Ooh, all right. I'm not so good at condensing things. But, um... <laughs> you can read the whole book for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let me just grab my copy. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the idea came to me because I've been living in a very remote corner of southwestern Ontario. Um, it's not even a village, just a cluster of about seven houses. And so I uh, spend a lot of time outside in the winter shoveling snow walking through snow watching other people do those things but also appreciating the winter landscape because um there's there's nobody interfering it there's nobody like making marks in the snow before i get there uh so i get to investigate and so just discovering the the beauty of winter in a bunch of new ways that i hadn't seen before when i lived in toronto or um any other more urban or developed parts of Canada. I say, when we, I started this interview because we've been hanging out with you for like a week now. <laughs> uh, there might be people listening to that this podcast who don't know you. We have interviewed you before. It must have been at least two years ago, yeah, three years ago. Maybe ago. three. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're a dyer, you're a designer. You're an all-around cool gal. Hey, thanks. So uh, are you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who are familiar with uh, John Arbon, uh, might recognize the name Viola from one of their yarns, mm-hmm. which of course was uh, Emily Creation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's raising her hand. We're getting, we're getting too rusty and relaxed in our podcasting. Yeah, I know. We're just diving right in. So this girl, you you know who she is. You'll pick it up as you go along. Oh like. yeah, it'll all become clear. Um, well, for context, Viola yarns. Um, I remember meeting them at Loop when we worked there. Oh, six or seven years ago yeah. was my first file yarn experience. And actually, I just finished a pair of socks the other day that were a skein of yarn that I bought at that time. And they look amazing. <laughs> That's the power of the stash. 
And then I guess flash forward to now, where <laughs> where we still love your yarns. <laughs> and um, well, of course, we had a Rhinebeck edition this year in terms of uh, events because we were at India Untangled. Yes. Another very exciting time. Which is like a warm-up, like a pre-Rhinebeck yarn extravaganza, isn't it? Yes. Well described. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the response to your yarns there? How did you find that? Um, again, positive, overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, I've, yeah, never, never sold my yarns anywhere in the States before. And um, it was really fun to see the faces of people who had no idea who I was, but then ended up really liking the yarn mm-hmm. because they looked at me like, how dare you keep this from me all this time? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but here it is. Yes. <laughs> Better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> Always in a nice way. Everyone was so lovely and I cannot even count the number of wonderful people that I met and um, lovely things that people said. So it was really, really, really nice. I feel like I should continue the love by people coming up to us at the pom-pom stand talking about the podcast. Oh, yeah. Which, again, it's the thing where we sit in a room on our own, sometimes with people like Emily, <laughs> but uh, more often than not on our own and people saying nice things about the podcast because um, that's always nice to hear. This is yeah. a lot of love in this yeah. podcast right now. It's yes. such a good podcast. <laughs> so all you podcasts who came to say hi. Yep. It was great. We really like meeting you. Yeah. Always. So many, like, people with good, like, factoids as well and entertaining stories. I really did like that. So... You know who you are. We send you a lot of, and yeah, very, very nice. That, um, yeah, and if people say hi, you never know. We might have a little something to give you, so. Whoa, incentives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a blue Peter badge. go back to the book post love fest <laughs> the book is obviously called and it's about winter and was inspired by winter and i would say that the patterns are wintry and reflect <laughs> wanting to i mean many knitting patterns are cozy but i think mm. yours are particularly uh, geared towards the kind of very cold weather that um happens where you live which I experienced for the first time when I came in February to do the photo shoot, but we can come back to that. Yeah. But I can confirm it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if, um, we don't necessarily like, you know, we can't go through every single pattern one by one as exciting as that would be, but I don't know if we want to choose a couple to talk about where they came from. Maybe like, well, I'm particularly enamored by the mitten liners. <laughs> oh. like, maybe we could select something. What about this? <laughs> <laughs> but the mitten liners, because I think that's just something that, when you live somewhere that where it doesn't get as cold as it does where you are, it's just not something that would have occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually, considering it's the smallest, most simple pattern in the book, had lots to say about the mitten liners. It's a whole bunch of different things kind of converging because I was trying to achieve some sort of a balance between the like magical, beautiful Narnia winter that sometimes comes to mind, but could result in some impractical knitting patterns and, um, the like real life winter survival. Um, and mitten liners 
they have a little bit less of the magic, maybe, and a little more of the survival aspect. But um, whenever I knit mittens, I always think, gosh, this would be great if the wind wasn't blowing through it. And my hands get cold, and then I, in Canada, I've always switched to shearling mittens. So this was my effort to be able to wear all hand knits and not have to swap it out. So I think it's really great. I mean, you can use up scrap yarn, you can mix and match tons of colors, and you can have endless pairs of mitten liners and uh, swap them out in whatever pair of mitts you feel like wearing them in, or have mitten liners for any pair of mitts. It's a good gift as well, like people who never knew that they needed to line their mitts, and then you've got... Yeah, and if it's not that cold... Then they can they can go on the shelf yeah. for the autumn days. So you've also got so the book is accessories and garments. Any of the garments we can uh, hear a little bit more about? I guess uh, the frost tunic might be one that would be interesting to talk about. Um, the idea came from well, as the book will say, leaf skeletons. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. Sometimes when I'm describing ideas, it's hard to find the words because it sounds like I'm just a crazy person. But um, yeah, you know how when you see a leaf skeleton in winter and it, you can see through it and it's like almost not there anymore. So uh, that was what I was inspired by for some reason. And um, the groundbreaking work of Anna Maltz and her Marlisle brilliance had made me think I could double strand some parts of the pattern to make it thicker there and then have it gauzy and open and transparent in other areas and uh yeah I just kept on fiddling around with my swatch until I got something that I liked and of course used my favorite yarn in the world a mohair and silk lace weight blend and I think it's a pretty great thing in the end so all the all the patterns have these really ethereal details which you have picked up from you know winter but there's a lot of practicality in it, of course, as you've said about like the things you talked about, like having uh, with a barn sweater, having like roomy armholes, so you can sort of have that trap all that air, but also be able to like be in your barn working on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to actually move around, like um, sometimes I've worked really hard on a knitting project and been very proud, and I think it's beautiful, and then I go to wear it or use it, and it falls off or, you know, it doesn't fit properly. And so I worked really hard to try and make things that you can go snowshoeing in or shovel snow in or just go for a hike. Um, and they'll actually, you know, keep you warm and be comfortable too. This is a good aim. Yeah. That's what I was going for. <laughs> and then so, the, so the book is um, shot on location, shall I say. It sounds very fancy. Uh, where, <laughs> that where sounds you, so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> where you are living and working in uh, Mossberg. Mm -hmm. And you did the photography. Yes, I did the photography. Uh, but my dad gets most of the credit because he's a real photographer. Oh, right. And he told me what to do. I, he wasn't there for part of the week. And mm -hmm. I was like up at night texting him saying, Oh, what do I do about this ISO? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Also because of the, the light reflecting off the snow. That's uh, what you, you did it basically. So, mm -hmm. uh, it turned out to make like a big light box. Yeah. The snow was really great. So yeah. tell, tell us, well, Lydia, you were there for the shoot, so mm -hmm. more shoot magic memories, I think. Well, I mean, it bears saying that we had Kiyomi and Sachiko Bergen as models mm -hmm. who are both in their own right amazing, amazing. designers and just craftspeople generally. Um, 
And excellent models. Excellent models, <laughs> yeah. And Sachiko makes jewelry under the brand Hedgling, and she even designed a beautiful shawl pin, especially for the shoot, that I think she'll be sharing with the world soon. Yes, it's really gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I think before the shoot, uh, obviously we had already you know talked about the book and you had explained all your concepts and we'd seen what you were working on and you know it all sounded amazing and then when I was there like seeing it come to life in the snow everything made even more sense oh I'm glad (laughs) and seeing the colors because you created special colorways for the book I think um like having seen the landscape and seen the colors it all just like frozen Mm. earth I was like that is what it looks like Um, but it was just a really magical week, I think, uh, that we spent. And I don't know. I don't know what your memories of it are. Pretty much magical. I mean, it was also yeah. like, you know, hard, like work. I think the hardest work was for you, really. So I think it was probably the most stressful for you. It was, I think I was learning the camera at that point too. So I think I'm much better with the camera. And a few times I've thought, oh, I wish we were doing the photo shoot again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that just um, making sure I didn't mess up the photos was probably the most stressful thing. But aside from that, it was so lovely to spend the time with you and Megan and Chi and Key. Um, it just felt less like work and more like spending a week with friends. Yeah, it was really lovely. And for me, it was all very exciting because I was like, there's loads of snow everywhere. Yeah. And everyone else on the shoot was either Canadian and used to snow. Or I think because Megan lived in Boston, she, you know, mm-hmm. she had experienced this kind of snow and I... Um, I've been around snow, don't get me wrong, but not that kind of snow, not where it's that deep. Mm-hmm. And and also what you were saying about it being in the countryside, or like, and not just the countryside, but somewhere where like nobody touches the snow until you do, that was really amazing. Yeah, and we all knit the hat from the book during yeah, the shoot. <laughs> I loved that. The Sky Hill hat. Yeah, while we were with Emily, all everybody, we all did, didn't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all Even I cast on another one. Yeah. <laughs> I can confirm it is a warm hat. <laughs> Excellent. makes it so like otherworldly and does like you say tie all these like concepts and ideas that you brought to the book together so I keep saying magical but um well the light was so beautiful as well like the sunrise and the sunset there Mm -hmm. especially from the store where Mm. I live it's got like there's a big open field across the way and it gets all sparkly all the trees get covered in frost and pink sky blah 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 so yeah I'm just trying to think about when we talked last i don't think you'd have like your big like i say housewarming a big store warming oh yeah so that all happened and you so what's what's the stage what's sort of like where is the dye studio at now where you're working (laughs) the dye studio is like a curmudgeony i don't know what it's always giving me trouble it allows me to produce beautiful things but as soon as i fix one problem something else breaks um so i've accepted it and it's fine and it's just part of the process but um 
I actually it's too painful to talk about. No, yet. it's really funny. I'm just thinking, how can I sh- shorten this and not just give you a list of everything that's broken? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, oh, exciting news is that I'm adding two new stoves. So I had two stoves and um, was able to do like about 20 skeins of anything at a time. It's doubling now. So Ooh. I'm stepping up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's like two steps forward and one step back. Right. But I think that that's sort of the spirit of this old house. It, um, it's, it's trouble, but it's worth it because it's such a magical, there is the word again. Yeah. It's such a good place. So it was yes. a, people who've, of course, maybe are hearing about this for the first time. It's a, an old general store. Yes. Yes. It's an old general store, old by Canadian standards. I think it's like 1895. Um, but to be fair, the area is really underdeveloped, and I believe that electricity only was really commonly adapted there around, like, the 1940s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, we've spoken to a woman who lives there, did live there in the 40s, and they didn't have a washroom. They still used an outhouse. So, it's a really remote, basic, but in a pleasant way, place to live. <laughs> and I think one of the things that... um sort of the book captures as well is your stories of setting up uh, Viola in this place and yeah it's peppered through I mean people people can hear your voice they can hear your voice now as well Mm -hmm. Um, but you talk about the colorways that you've made Mm -hmm. for the book yeah um well I I love to explore the wilderness and luckily there's lots of it around for me to explore up there um and I think I had spent, I had lived there for one or two winters before I started to think about the book. So I had a little bit to draw on, um, for inspiration at that point. And like I said, I had never really experienced a winter like this until I moved up there too. So I think that helped because it was still new and exciting to me. All of these things that, um, I tried to recreate or draw from. And the colors, uh, are exactly that. Um, on walks in the forest, I would, I mean, stop and stare at all of the leaf skeletons and all of the little frost collections on them and just think about the colors. Um, birch bark is so amazing in the wintertime. And I think one of my most exciting realizations is that winter is so full of color, but it's, um, kind of like with the volume turned down. Because there's so much gray and white around, uh, those tiny little bits of color that are hiding, they when they jump out at you, they're more exciting. Um, yeah, so I like discovering those. And that's what I drew on for the colors. Um, like the hidden bits of green that poke out from the snow in, uh, in a tree. And whatever funky little bit of earth is exposed with crunchy frost on it and... And, well, you'll read about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So people listening, obviously, are curious about, and it's about winter. Now they've heard all about this from Emily. So um, we've got full Ravelry previews uh, on the 30th of October, uh, which is the same date for issue 27 as well. Pre-order is live on our website for both these items. And launching, so we've got the official on-sale date, which is the 17th of November. So if you've pre-ordered, you'll get yours a little bit before that. Maybe a little bit after, depending on post, but sort of mid-November, you can expect things. Um, but also, 
on the 17th of November, you're going to be at Loop in London. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, so oh, my goodness. It's going to be the UK launch of Knits About Winter. Um, and yeah, we're very happy for Susan of Loop to be hosting us slash you for a little shindig. Absolutely. I can't wait to be back at Loop to see Susan and to meet a bunch more wonderful people <laughs> and to keep on celebrating. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been a long, like... <laughs> Along like launch like now and then again and you're going to be traveling a little bit around Canada mm -hmm. yeah um the dates are set but they're not in my mind yet so right, we'll put them on the blog for everyone yeah, yeah they'll be on the internet and I'm going to be in Toronto and Hamilton and Montreal at La Maison Tricoté Hand Knit Yarn Studio and Buku Excellent. With all of the infos to follow, and I'm so excited about all of this. And yeah. the samples will be with you. The samples will be with me, and I'll be bringing a little bit of viola yarn to each location. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the book, of course. There's teaching <laughs> in all those locations we mentioned, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. We'll have links on the blog. There's some teaching at Loop as well. And uh, Yeah. People are going to be able to meet you and the yarn and the book very soon, which yeah. is very exciting. It is. I mean, I'm so excited about the book that I've already made, like, three or four of the patterns. <laughs> I forgot to mention that I've already made the snowshoe socks, like, three times. Yeah. Emily's doing a little dance. Yeah. I can confirm that they are very good. I've been wearing them here in Rhinebeck, where it's, it's not super cold, but it's chilly. Yeah. It was cold on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And they kept my feet. I am very glad to hear it. <laughs> so people will find all the details about all these dates and events on the website, of course. But also you, you have your website... Which is viola dot viola and the moon yes. dot com. It's a mouthful. The dot was the moon. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yep. And of course, you'll find Emily on Instagram. I am. And all those fun places. Mm -hmm. And we're Pom Pom Mag. Did you not know? You can find <laughs> us there too. Pom Pom Mag and the moon. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, hey. Ooh. Hey, we just did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We saw quite a few e shells uh, e at uh, Rhinebeck. People had made that as a Rhinebeck sweater, which was really cool to see in the wild because I've only, you know, we've seen it a lot on the front cover. So to see those was pretty magic. Yeah, I was very impressed that people had knit that jumper in time so for quickly. Rhinebeck. Yeah. Because it's like full on, full ply. Full on colour work, mm, full yeah. ply, yeah. I mean, it's totally worth it, but like that's um, that's the kind of project that yeah. I would have going on for, you know, quite a long time. And you know what, guys? We haven't talked about Rhinebeck acquisitions yet. So <laughs> oh, I think... Oh, the things that are coming home with us. Yeah, we can do a little bit of tell and tell. This is a bit of an unusual like, lineup for this podcast, not our usual schedule. But we can do tell and tell as in show and tell of the purchases. Stuff on the needles, I think. Mm -hmm. would be. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to start? Oh, I'm going first. <laughs> that, yeah. um, so I was very intrigued to see Harris... Tweet. No, are they Harrisville Tweet? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I'd heard about them and they had a little stand. And of course, Emily was very excited about them. And Just trying to force everybody to go. Yeah. But then I, you were like, I think they're there. And then I saw a sign in the back of the van and together we like pieced it together <laughs> to hunt them down. And they've just produced a new yarn, uh, which is about six different colours, I think. Maybe six or eight. I actually didn't see it. I feel gutted. Oh, well, oh. I mean, I've seen the ones that you bought. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which are. Yeah, I think you blinked and they missed it at the weekend, though. Mm -hmm. I think I was... Oh, it sold out three times? Yeah, I was lucky. They had people, like, calling in from the night to... Overnight at Piff. And, <laughs> How appropriate. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, I hadn't got the concept of it because I'd seen it before and it didn't uh, didn't get it. But the idea is that they have it's a black yarn, like shots with different colours, like a little green, a little bottle green, or a little purple, or a little Ooh, red. That mm. sounds great. And all the colour names are like insomnia or fever dream or VCR. They're kind of like dark kind of names to match with the yarn. Um, so I got a little bit of that. Very excited, and they threw in some glow in the dark stitch markers, which. <sighs> You know, I've done some cinema knitting. I think it's really going to up my game. <laughs> oh, good point. Um, so I was very excited about that. Nice to see the stuff that they do in person. Um, I also got some yarn from a company called Bartlett. And uh, it was really crunchy. It's really woolly. It's very flecked and tweedy, the yarn that I've got, which is like a two-ply sport. It's got like a little like random amount. And I ended up buying a Christmas decoration with a goat uh, on which I took a bath at some point. I oh no, that's the other. Oh, that's the different one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I bought I bought two Christmas decorations. That Amy, one of the, which Amy dropped in her tea. <laughs> um, that's so funny. I felt the need for tweed this uh, this Rhinebeck, so I feel very lucky to have uh, indulged in those purchases. And I hope to have a barn sweater on the needles <gasps> Yay! with the red flecked stuff that I've got. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that the night the nightshade? No, nightshade's going to be something else, which uh, you know what it is, but I'm, the peeps are going to know later. Huh? So what does Yarn Dyer buy at a knitting festival? Well, <laughs> I, I lost control. I was, it was like a feeding frenzy for me. Um so yeah, I haven't been to Rhinebeck in a long time and I had, um, old favorites. And, uh, as Sophie said, I was pretty determined to get to the Harrisville stand because they, um, I've recently started stocking one of my favorite yarns, which is Peace Fleece. So I was super reserved and bought two sweater quantities of Peace Fleece. One in the worsted weight and one in the DK sport weight in colors that I don't already have. <laughs> I almost doubled up. That's how serious <laughs> this problem is. And then I also um, went to an old favorite, which is, I think there he's called Hope Spinnery or Hope Wind Spinnery. And he's got a wind-powered mill and naturally dyes these lovely wools all from Maine. Um, and I don't know his name, unfortunately, but... The Hope Wind guy is super lovely and super nice, and I um, was very happy that he was there, and I could buy some more yarn from him. Mm. We'll get the links on the blogs, like mm-hmm. we remember say, yeah. Uh, I did not buy any yarn. Okay, well. Big shocker. But what, what caught your eye, though, I suppose? Good question. There was lots of... The nice thing about Rhinebeck is there's lots of very small farms yes. selling mm. um, yarn that they mostly appear to have grown and spun and, like, you know, done a lot of the production for themselves or just it'll be, you know, like a very small flock, single breed, kind of unusual. There was a lot of Cormo around that was really lovely mm-hmm. um, and lots of really beautiful natural colours and naturally dyed colours, mm-hmm. in fact. I always like seeing Green Mountain Spinnery. Yeah. Yeah, That's that was always a good lovely. One. Yeah, I realised I hadn't seen their stuff in, in the flesh or whatever. Mm. And I really had a nice little selection. Yeah, yeah it's very tempting. Mm, that was really nice, and I enjoyed seeing Neighborhood Fibrico in real life. So I don't think I'd ever seen that stuff. I know there's so much there; it's, it's absolutely huge, basically yeah. impossible to see it all because I didn't see the Harrisville or Peace Please, and I'm gutted. Ah, well, I can probably spare as well. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> just rob you. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> even notice. <laughs> He's like, oh well. Um, 
What else did I... Well, you know what? There was also a lot of amazing weaving-related... Uh, I was going to say yeah. content as if it was the yeah. internet I've been browsing. <laughs> wow, that was weird. Um, yeah, a lot of really lovely weaving yarns. What else? Well, I mean, the things that I did buy were quite exciting. I'm I'm disappointed that Emily didn't mention... You didn't mention your dog plate. <laughs> I just remembered something else I didn't mention. I feel like I have to come clean about my indulgence. So I'll, I'll just wait till it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, what did I end up buying? I can't remember that dye. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. And our tote bag. Yes. So that from right at the very end of the show, I was, I went to go and look at, I think it was Neighborhood. No, I went to go and look at the place with the dog plate was from. Mm-hmm. I went to go and look at some uh, animal-based ceramics because I thought that would be good. And I was right. But there was nothing that was quite, you know, for me. So I wandered up the aisle and there was this amazing stand uh, like Japanese hand dye sort of supply. So it was like mud dyes and you could buy, um, you know, little like various kind of colors and they had these little kits you could get to do shibori. I almost got one of those and then it was all too exciting. So I bought a few colors. I wish I could remember the name. None of us can remember the names of anything. That's what, <laughs> that's what blog posts are for, I guess. Um, yeah. So I bought some dye and then I also bought a beautiful hand dyed tote bag and I was amazed that I bought a tote bag because I always feel like I have way too many tote bags mm. and I need to get rid of all the tote bags um, but this is different, that's a very special tote bag <laughs> that's for sure I also bought loads of soap, that's what I bought oh, yeah. I bought like six or seven different kinds of soap, there were so many stands of like really beautiful like local handmade soaps yeah, or like people selling like uh, interesting like, was I saw someone with beard oil stuff yeah, yeah. Interesting. just like fun toiletries. One of the soap stands I went to is called Got Soap, which nice. I found really good. I remember really, that one. Uh, really great name. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I remember. Sort of like, um, like needle punch, like really <gasps> yes. beautiful, like uh, scenes of like very homely things. Yeah, kits mm. to buy, you yeah. little rugs and stuff. And the only other thing I bought was quite a lot of tiny beeswax candles. <laughs> I've got a real soft spot for beeswax candles. And I think I bought some when I was in Canada with you and then yeah. subsequently bought some in Austin, probably. Get them wherever you can. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so I bought a whole load of those. Now I feel like, obviously, oh, I should have got some yarn, but I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i got some from Emily. So when I say I didn't yeah. buy any yarn, what I mean is I didn't buy any that wasn't Emily's. Anyway, also, is this all sounding very like Black Friday style know, shopping, yeah. isn't it? We were just like saying like, oh God, grab one involved in that. And <laughs> So funny. And I have to say, I didn't remember because um, I didn't actually do the shopping. Wonderful Rachel Atkinson brought me a whack load of, I gave her the most selfish wish list and she brought, she delivered it all to the stand on Sunday um, of her treasures, the Castle Milk Moret yarn and um, a pouch and a bunch of other things that I love. <laughs> she has such great stuff. Oh yeah, we didn't make it to the Jill Draper, mm-hmm. to Jill's open studio, but that mm-hmm. sounded amazing. I think after that, uh, confession, not confession, but like after just saying yeah. like all the stuff we've indulged in, the thing that I've come away from from my back is just the how people are excited to make things. Like people are excited to like mm. see the things, buy the things, but it's that thing where people are like, I'm gonna make something with this, you know? Yeah, it, the journey doesn't end with the buying. Yeah, of, oh, it's the, the supplies. I think um, you were saying about all the overwhelming good vibes, and we we're at the stand, and I felt like I was just like basking in all that from you because you were like you ma- you've made a thing which you photographed the thing 
And you made the arm for the thing, and you were like, here, enjoy it, people. And it was just like a beautiful... And then they make more things yeah. because of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's The just... mind boggles. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've uh, been sitting with that as well, but it, it just felt felt good. Good is the... Did it feel magical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> good is too tiny a word. It felt magical. It's really nice when, yeah, like we've all spent so much time working on this, and now it's like, poof. Here you go. What what are you going to do with it? And wonderful things will happen, I think. I hope. Yeah, of course. Well, so people can see uh, all the patterns and everything from the book very soon. People see the book even sooner. Um, So I guess we say thank you to everyone involved. All the POM team from this weekend. Um, Emily and your co-conspirator, Britt, Mm -hmm. who helped out a lot this weekend as well. We had so much fun. Um, And we should also thank your family, your mum and dad, for when we were staying, we were all up in their face. (laughs) And Lucy. Lucy Oh, Lucy, I know. No, they all loved it. They all loved (laughs) the action in our quiet little part of the world. Uh, We say thanks to Merit Books Store, who are partners for while we were at Rhinebeck. Uh, Also the team at Indian Tangled. Uh, I thank all the POM team again, because everybody worked really hard. (laughs) I thank the POM team too. (laughs) Thank everyone for listening, everyone for buying Pom Pom, everyone to come and say hi. That's a lot of love in this podcast. (laughs) Thanks for Perfect Blend for letting us have this little space to record in. Thanks for Rhinebeck for the trees. (laughs) Thanks for the wolf, the sheep. Thanks to the pretzel stand for the pretzels. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they were good. Uh, Thanks to the pumpkins that we carved last night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we had a little retreat style, like post Rhinebeck uh, activity of carving some pumpkins. Team building. Yeah, team building. (laughs) Um, we'll get a photo on the blog before we do that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, so all of those thanks to all of those people and uh, thanks to Emily. Mostly to Oof. Emily. Thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, <laughs> thanks for letting me hang out with you. I had so much fun. <laughs> this has been such a good time. I don't know how long I've been here. It's a, like a, I'm in a time warp. <laughs> thanks, Lydia. Thanks, thanks. Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I guess we should wind up and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, normal service resumed next episode. I'll say normal. I'm not sure what normal is. <laughs> yeah, standard. <laughs> Fair to middling. A more regular podcast. <laughs> yeah, schedule. Normal scheduling will resume. Uh, but yes, uh, did we say mention thank you? So I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, happy to thank you to anyone. Uh, All right, take care. We love you. Bye. Bye. is produced by Sophie Scott and Lydia Gluck with help from Eli Block who created the original music for this show. For more music from Eli go to goodgirlandthebadtimes.com Thanks to Perfect Blend for hosting us for this recording and to Emily Foden for joining us. That's you! (laughs) You can find more at violaandthemoon.com and of course big thank you to the rest of the Pom Pom team. Well thanks! Thank you to all you Pom Pom buyers, subscribers, and listeners. Find out more about the magazine and subscribe or buy some new books. Who knows? Maybe we've got one coming out. And that's at pompommag.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not rate and leave a review? Send any questions or feedback to podcast at pompommag.com. And don't forget to join in the Pom Pom Ravelry group. See you there. Bye.